Welcome to Sunday Morning at First Presbyterian Church. I'm Pastor Danny Deeth, and in response to the events of the amazing resurrection at Easter, it now becomes our job to discern how we respond to the events of Holy Week and Christ being raised from the dead. We are to discern how we are being led to live, to change our lives, to care for others, to welcome others to Christ's table. This is our call and our challenge. Let's do this together. Come on in. Our first reading is from Psalms 105. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Then he brought Israel out with silver and gold, and there was no one among their tribes who stumbled. Egypt was glad when they departed, for dread of them had fallen upon it. He spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light by night. They asked, and he brought quails and gave them food from heaven in abundance. He opened the rock and water gushed out. It flowed through the desert like a river, for he remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant. So he brought his people out with joy, his chosen ones with singing. He gave them the lands of the nations, and they took possession of the wealth of the peoples, that they might keep his statutes and observe the laws. Praise the Lord. Our second lesson is from the Gospel of Matthew. We are in chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. Some of this is familiar ground. Vicki clued you in to some of it. So listen again with fresh ears. See this unfolding in your mind. Jesus is speaking. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When it was about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard came and said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. 
Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, these last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and of the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. So I need to tell some dumb jokes, but I'm not going to sit here and bear all of it myself. I need your help. So I'm going to ask the congregation to do something, inquire. I'm going to ask you all to do something also. So when I point to you, congregation, you say, and you can use your finger and be mad, that's not fair. Ready? Try it. Again? Okay, and choir, since y'all are musicians, I need you to do the traditional rim shot in the old days. Uh, after one-liners, it goes like this. But um, but um, ready, choir, one, two, three. Very good. One more time, one, two, three. <clears throat> A thief was expelled from music school. All he was doing is taking notes. Choir. Why was the shredded cheddar cheese so upset that his teacher gave him an F on his exam? He felt like he was being unfairly graded. Choir. You may want to exclaim when your car hits a deer because you have to shell out all the money to get your car fixed, your deductible, all that, but nature's only out a buck. Choir. And finally, one more because you asked for it. There was a village with a group of friars and the friars were looking for a new revenue stream for the local church, and they decided they were going to sell flowers. It was very successful. All of the community came and bought flowers from the friars because they knew it went to help the church. But all of the other florists in town said, hey, So the florists in town got together and hired a guy named Hugh, Hugh the Enforcer. And his job was to go to the friars and tell them that they needed to put their little business out, finish selling, be done, stop selling flowers. So Hugh does this. It works, which lends credibility to the old adage, only Hugh can prevent florist friars. Choir. 
Only Hugh can prevent florist friars. Unfair! It's unfair! All of those things. Today, we are wrestling with the issue of, is God a fair God? So let's take a look at the passage. Vicki did some of the work for you. And let me tell you where this fits in, in Matthew. So 20, where we just read the parable, comes after a prior conversation. If you remember in chapter 19, you, we remember this sometimes. Someone came to him and said, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? This is right before our passage. And says, keep the commandments. And he says, which ones? And Jesus gives him a list. Ending with, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man says, I have kept all these. I did it. Check. What do I do? Jesus says, if you want to do, be perfect, go sell your possessions and give your money to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. Boom. And when the young man heard this, he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. And then this is when Jesus tells his disciples, it be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven, camel, needle of the eye, eye of the needle. And the disciples are confused because they were still under the impression that those who were wealthy or powerful were blessed by God and those who were poor were not. And so Jesus is turning that on its head and saying, no, it's not those who you think are blessed, it is the opposite or all of those. And they're confused, which is why Peter says, who can be saved? And then says again, look, Jesus. He says, he says to Jesus, look. He's coming after you. Jesus, look. We have left everything, our family, our jobs, everything to follow you. What then will we have? What's in it for us if we are not going to be blessed with riches and power and status the way that that understanding was? And Jesus says, don't you worry. This will pay itself at the end times. For my name's sake, if you follow me and you left your homes or brothers and sisters or fathers and mothers or children or fields, for my name's sake, you will receive a hundredfold. will inherit eternal life. Last will be first and the first will be last, okay? And so this is where we come in with a parable and the very last verse of this parable is also a little bit different but similar. So the last will be first and the first will be last. So it's bookended in that understanding. Jesus, the teacher, the rabbi, is giving them this parable. It didn't happen. He's getting them to think about what the kingdom of heaven is like. For he begins with, for the kingdom of heaven is like. So yes, the landowner went to the day labor lot and got the first of the day, 6, 7 a.m., something like that. And then a couple hours later at 9 o'clock, figures he needs more, gets more. Then at noon, needs more, gets more. 3 o'clock, wants more, gets more. 5 o'clock, wants more, and goes and says, what are you still doing here? How come you haven't been working all day? And they said, well, nobody's 
hired us. Nobody's chosen us. And he says, okay, you go work on the vineyard. Knock off time. The day is over at six. So that's one hour for this last group. So at the end of that day, in that next hour, the land owner, the, the, the vineyard owner tells his manager, go pay everybody, start with the ones who came in last, give them the same day, the same wage as all of them. And at first, the ones who've been all day see, and they say, oh my gosh, they got what we got. We're probably going to get more, and they don't. They get the same, to which they grumble to the landowner and say, hey, we've been here all day. We were here before the sun fully rose. We have worked through the heat of the day. They came in in the last hour. Are you kidding me? And we get the same? To which the landowner says, did you get what we agreed? Yes. Didn't we agree to the wage? We, we did. Did you get that I withhold that from you? No. Why are you upset? It's my money. I can do with what I want with it. Or are you mad because I am generous? First will be last, last will be first. So Jesus, in teaching this, is saying there are moments when it's important to be inefficient because that's the way God works. First, as is often the case, Jesus is talking about the kingdom, about higher spirituality, not day to day. Jesus is not saying, go back to your business, restructure it so that everybody that comes in at four o'clock, if you knock off at five, gets the same pay as everybody who works an eight-hour shift. That will not keep you in business very long. But Jesus says, this is about the kingdom. This is about the kingdom that is different from the way that the world works. And you are to build towards this. And when I come back again, this is what it's going to look like. And we think, well, how is that fair? Well, let's take a look at those, that last slot of day laborers. Why were they still there at five o'clock after the majority of the day is gone? Don't know. If they're there, it means they want to work. So it's not them being lazy or they wouldn't have been there that lot in the first place. Perhaps they were physically challenged. Perhaps they were smaller than larger, right? We don't know, but they weren't selected in the prior four times. Not selected. They were the last. Anybody remember elementary school kickball teams? Sitting there last. Pick me, pick me, pick me. No, I don't be last. I don't be last. I don't be last. This is the way it was for them. And the vineyard owner looks at them and says, you come and you work. They are chosen to work. And so the first thing I want us, that Jesus is telling us about this, is that he is giving them worth because they have been chosen. God's grace is not something that we earn. God's grace is not something 
that we have our salvation punch card. I need so many hours here, so many hours here, so many hours in Sunday school, at the shelter, in worship, serving others, missionary work, scripture, prayer. That does not earn your way to heaven. That does not earn your salvation. Grace is an unmerited gift, and that's what Jesus is saying to us through this seemingly unfair distribution of people with the same money. Do they deserve it? A five o'clock, one hour crew? No. When we talk about grace, would those who have been there all day deserve God's love for as much as they put in? No. Say there's a retirement community with two 95-year-old roommates. One has been a Christian all of their life, baptized as an infant, grew up in the church, served in the church, mission trips, started nonprofits, faithful, rooted in scripture and prayer and love and joy. And next to that 95-year-old is another 95-year-old that wasn't a Christian all of their lives, had turned away intentionally from God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Maybe even a criminal who not only was neutral, but did bad things. And the second 95-year-old has a conversion, a death, literal deathbed conversion. Do you think the first 95-year-old would have it, the right to say, that's not fair? I think we would often look and say that. But we also remember Luke 15, the lost and found chapter. If you remember, there are three things lost and found in those stories. It is the sheep that is lost and then found. It is the coin, and then it is the prodigal son. All of those are lost and found. And what happens in the moment that all of them are found, all of those things, there is celebrating in heaven. All the angels in heaven are celebrating because that one has been found. Now, with that conversion and confession that Christ is Lord by that second 95-year-old is true and faithful, and God knows because God knows our heart, if that person was making a false proclamation because they knew they hadn't studied for the final exam that was coming, God would know that versus someone who was truly repenting for the things that they had done that separated them from God and harmed others and accepting Christ. God would know that. But if that was honest and genuine, what would happen first? They would be rejoicing and celebrating in heaven. So in that respect, God is not fair. From that respect, none of us can earn grace, but we are all given grace. And so I want us to know and learn and remember that just like those rejects from the five to six worker pool, we have been given worth by the fact that we have been chosen by God made and created by God. 
and God is with us no matter what, and the world tells us that you are not enough. On a daily basis, you are not enough. Smart enough, fast enough, good-looking enough, rich enough, healthy enough, faithful enough, whatever it is, you all know it. But God is saying, and we need to remember this, what builds our foundation is that God loves us, all of us, no matter what, and each of us is a child of God. Yes, if we make mistakes, we need to take a look at that and say, I can do better next time. But we need to not be overwhelmed and identify ourselves only with the ways that we perceive that we are not enough because you are enough. When you get into moments where you think you are lacking or you are identifying yourself by the things that haven't gone right or well or you cannot do, you remember this truth. Remember that word. What is the truth? The truth is you are a child of God and you are enough. Don't let the world continue to tell you you are not enough you are inferior, you are not, because it is our God who chose you and loves you. And secondly, what was the response to those in, in the labor lot when they were chosen? What did they do? They went to work. A gift that we often do not or often see as a gift is that we have the opportunity that once we are chosen, which we are at our creation and birth, but when we choose Christ and seek to follow Christ, we are given work. Work to do in this lifetime, not because we fear an angry God, but because we live in gratitude that we were chosen through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross and the risen Lord, one and the same, because of that resurrection, we were able to be chosen by God. And so what is our response? To go out and try to save others? No, that is not our job. That is not our business. I do not want that power. There is only one God and we are not it. Our job is to go and tell others in the world why we believe. Our job is to go out and live and do to spread the word of God, to spread the good news, and then God takes it from there. Not our job to choose. but we are called to work. We are called, again, not out of fear, but out of gratitude. So now that we have come, now that we know that at the base and foundation of who we are is God's love for us, our response is to work. If those two 95-year-olds, you don't need to feel cheated by the second one who had a deathbed confession. Why? Because he lived his whole life without knowing the joy of a Christian journey. He lived his whole life without knowing the meaning and the reason we were here first. 
so that we would live this life in joy and gratitude for the love and grace that God has given us. So we're being called today to remember again that we are enough. We don't choose who is worthy or not because all of us are worthy through Christ, through God, our creator. And then finally, we are being called to work not out of obligation or fear of being smited, but out of gratitude. We Christians are a people of gratitude for what was done through the event of Jesus Christ. So let us go and work in the vineyards for we are being called. Hallelujah, amen.